Yeah. Well, we, I, I, I am recording, but when well, we start this, yeah, we got yeah. intro. Is there an intro or whatever? There there's is an intro. intro. There's an intro. <laughs> yeah, the well, theme, is there a theme song? Where's the house band? There's a theme. Oh, yeah, there is. There is. <laughs> but, but you heard, you heard the, you heard the theme song, right? You heard the theme song, right? Like I was paying attention. I don't know. No. All right, all right, ready? Okay, let's let's start it up. Uh, let's start it up. We are broadcasting live from an undisclosed shed on the snowblind shores of Lake Maspinock. This shed can only be detected using echolocation of a giant cave bat of Lower Tasmania. The bat was discovered by a little-known explorer by the name of Ferdinand Majellybelly, and his name was lost to history only to be rediscovered in a document buried in a pile in the corner of the art shed. I'm Mad Carl. Hey, I'm Normal Andy. I'm producer Chris. I'm Smitty from the shitty city. Did <laughs> <laughs> and and today today we have a real oh oh shit fucking wait <laughs> rewind <laughs> wait I gotta crack a beer on Mike man oh I already cracked my open shit and today we have a real New York Brooklyn artist by the by the name of Chris Smith. No one calls me Chris except my mom, but she's dead. Well, Smitty. You, well, uh, Schmitty. Where did you get the name Schmitty? Well, my last name is Smith. Like, I was supposed to talk over the Steam music? Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> How much time you guys spend in the editing room after this? <laughs> none. <laughs> Zero. None. <laughs> I mean, me and producer Chris spend none, at least. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, all right. So, uh, yeah. How am I? Why am I Smitty? Well, one, my last name is Smith. But what I've learned over the years is there's an o- always another Chris in the room, like now. And so, and, uh, you and know, probably well, a, we know at least one other Chris Smith also. Well, there is that. Right. That's crazy, right? But, uh, yeah. but yeah, definitely. I know way more Chris's than are Smiths. And then, like, yeah. So Smitty. And then people remember that. And well, one, I suck at names, and I'm uh, yeah. A bit of a drunk, so I, people always remember Smitty. So, <laughs> but uh, but uh, oh yeah, as I was saying earlier, it's like uh, certain people go to the schmo instantly. They'll be like Smitty, you know, like, and then. Um, but also, it's weird because of Facebook. A lot more people call me Chris now because I think they they see Chris in print associated with my name versus when you meet people socially, they remember the nickname. So it's it's a. Uh, it, that's an interesting social social experiment, I guess. But yeah, yeah. Uh, basically, I'm Smitty because there's always another Chris in the room. I'm gonna go with that. Nice. All right. Final answer. Good answer. Yeah, most Chris's that I knew growing up, growing up, and ended up with a nickname of some sort. Right. Or and I don't or know you, why I kept on Chris. People tried to give me nicknames throughout. Well, I mean, I feel like Petes, Petus, Petus. Peter, yeah, Peter's Peter's kinda, kinda oh, yeah, yeah, we call you Peters. Like, yeah, I don't think I call you. Well, I guess I call you Chris. Do I call you by your first name ever? I don't know. It's weird. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I probably refer to you as Peters. I guess, but that's weird. It's weird to think about people you're talking to and how do you refer them when you're not talking. Hey guys, about them to other people. Sorry, so so yeah, we dropped exactly. that. Hold on, hold on one exactly. second. And it's it's weird too. I mean. If people, you know, for both of us, people have mostly just used our last names more than our first name because right. so common. So, yeah. Sorry, guys. So I was um, trying I to cheat. Like CJ so, and so things Carl, like that. we're we're, we're continuing this conversation without you, even if you're not here or not. So. Oh, I went. I went outside. <laughs> Did he leave? It's I know, right? Yeah. 
Good thing I went outside and I um. <laughs> we don't want to know what you did outside. Yeah. No, no. no I mean, I, I went I, to I, school uh, with another I Andy, to, and I, we I went by last the, names. Uh, yeah. It's like so, an so, internet yeah, repeater thing that I have to. Like, so we should put do something. Carl will have to edit out. Snowstorm. I didn't want to put it outside. But I did. I mean, right, tell tell a really embarrassing story about Carl. No, Carl's talking, but I don't think he's hearing us talking. You guys getting? That, uh, he's talking to. I think he's talking to the police. Oh shit! <laughs> what? That, that was an interesting interlude. There. Uh, okay, yeah. so this this episode is going to take some major yeah. editing. Carl is <laughs> going to have to do some work. See. This time. So Carl, like, you know, if you're ever going to do art with me, it's going to be difficult. <laughs> Yeah, so we're we're here with uh, Chris Smitty Smith, and uh, you're an artist. You want to talk a little bit about? Uh, wait, first we have you no. guys. We no, have to wait, inter- wait, wait. Yeah. we have to we have to interview uh, introduce our beers. Oh, Smitty, what are you drinking? What? So it's called Smash. Sm- uh, say this. Free- Oh, well, here's a funny thing. All right, before I introduce my beer, <laughs> because I'm, I'm going to – all right, so my name is Chris Smith, which yeah. I can say without a lisp now. But when I was in first grade, I went to the JF – John F. Kennedy Elementary School, which oh, yeah. all of you are very yeah. familiar with because we all – for your listeners, we all grew up within like, I don't know, a quarter mile at most. Um, basically, but for me, the elementary school is basically right outside my backyard. But um, yeah, I could – barely say my own name because I had a lisp and then so I had a um a uh, uh what what kind of teacher is that a linguistic I don't know what, what do you call it me I, too I had the same teacher speech, speech teacher therapist yeah Ms. Yeah. Wiseman yeah God, Ms. Wiseman yeah thanks for that name for my speech therapist Jesus but anyway <laughs> it's like yeah uh so anyhow smash street extra pale ale from Greenpoint Beer and Ale, a uh, local brewery, which is, check this out, a brewery moved closer to where I live. It used to be a, uh, you know, a decent walk away. Now it's two blocks away. And um, all right, so I'm going to dive right into, because the, the idea of the brewery, hope you guys don't mind, because I'm going to go into the beer and it goes, in, goes into what my life has been like the last, this whole COVID thing. So Greenpoint Beer and Ale is in this uh, building. It was once in an abandoned warehouse across the street from where I had an art studio for many years. And Carl, I don't know if I ever, I don't think ever came by that studio. But a uh, great, old, old, great old building where they used to make rope, I think in the Revolutionary War times. Uh, where I live is an old shipping shipping area. Great old brick building with a big old smokestack and a long loading dock which is as nice covering. And uh, unfortunately, I had to move out of the building years ago through some bullshit because I was subletting for some people and yada, yada, yada. Anyway, but I love this building, been there for years. And then at the beginning of this whole COVID, like we're like, we can't hang out anywhere. We're, where are we going to go? One of my buddies was like, oh, who knows that loading dock over at uh, 1155 Manhattan Avenue? I'm like, damn, I know that loading dock really well. So uh, all summer long, we've been hanging out at this loading dock, which is like a nice, I don't know, 40, 50 foot stretch of uh, steel uh, with an overhang. And then I've been bringing a, uh, I got a portable Weber gas grill, been bringing a cooler. And uh, along the along the way, along the wall, it says, uh, 
loading dock, no parking. And so I brought some sticker material by and I turned it into loaded dock, no narking. So <laughs> we've been hanging out in the loaded dock all, all, all up the last, God damn, since March, I guess. Yeah. Uh, we've had some uh, people come by, play music, been grilling. We, we've done birthday parties. We've done, yeah, it's been a, uh, an amazing scene. And oh, but the brewery, I know the owners of the brewery. They've known me for many years. And uh, what, what, when they do a canning session, they bring by a portable canning truck. I don't know if you guys have seen oh, that. Oh, yeah. yeah. No. Oh, yeah. So they roll up. Dude, it's awesome. They basically got a, a shit ton of uh, unmarked six, uh, tall boy cans and then a, uh, a roll of sticker stock with whatever particular label they're doing. And they and they pour it out of the uh, – the, uh, the, Chris, I forget the name of the term where they brew all this stuff, those big cans. And they, they do a brew session, and they, a canning session. And guess what happens? They fuck a bunch of them up, and they don't weigh out properly, or the labels get screwed up. And so this guy Brian's like, yo, Smitty, we got a, we got a bunch of low fills over here. Come by. They call them low <laughs> fills. And then uh, I'll walk over there. A couple times, I'm walking Otis down the street sometimes. He's like, Smitty, got some low fills. I'm like, walk out with a, you know, anywhere from 12-pack to a case of beer of unmarked or mismarked beers. <laughs> and then uh, – it's hilarious because like there's a timestamp on the bottom, so he'll always be like, I don't know, we we, we did a bunch like from the timestamp, we like you know from eleven to twelve we did the Smash Street, from the uh, like one to two we <laughs> did the, what, I'm like I'm like whatever dude, we're just gonna crack these open. And, you know, <laughs> so yeah, so I guess uh, uh, <laughs> we're unofficially. You guys were talking about having our beer sponsor. For your podcast, <laughs> we've been unofficially sponsored by Greenpoint Beer and Ale for for the Loaded Dock, and uh, nice, that's, that's awesome, been, uh, great, yeah. So, and it's like that's the neighborhood I live in. Uh, it's it's still neighborhoody, even though like we have these forty story towers that are built on the places that we used to do punk rock shows at. But there's still an element of uh, of neighborhood. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Chris, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm, I'm drinking uh, <laughs> apple cider um, mixed with lingonberry, balsamic vinegar, and some honey. And what else I put in there? Oh, some fennel extract that I made. Yeah. Ooh. So, nice. Chris, um, I mean, I what we want to get into, but it sounds like it's non-alcoholic, so it sounds yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, if I'm going off. But oh wait, so I let Andy and uh, Carl say what they're what they're drinking. Well, unless you want to ask, it doesn't them. matter. We can come back. Look, this is I know there's a format going on, but it's, I think it's never a free form here. Um, yeah, what was guys, your question? No, no, no. no. All right, you guys do your beer, then we'll, I should start taking notes and things I want to battle <laughs> to you guys. Yeah, so, yeah. Andy, what are you drinking? I got a uh, ten fifty. By Oscar Blues Brewery. It's an imperial stout. It's very tasty and very strong. Love Oscar Blues. Um, what's yeah. their... Uh, oh, what's the other one I love of theirs? Uh, Dale's Pale Ale? They do Dale's? I am not sure. I think they might do Dale's Pale Ale. But, yeah. so they're from Colorado. Yeah, they do Dale's Pale Ale. Oscar yeah. Blues. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so I brewed, you guys. I, I made a brew, and this is the first time... My homebrew, I cracked. I cracked my homebrew tonight. Nice. It's, it's called a Mighty Axe Arctic Haze. And it's with this mm. specialized, um, it's a New England IPA. It's with the specialized um, 
uh, hop called Axe, uh, Mighty Axe Hops. And it was invented in Minnesota. For the the hop was in like somehow crossbred in Minnesota or something. And then I put a uh, a uh, a yeast in there, like a, a special yeast, uh, Imperial Yeast A thirty eight juice yeast. Oh. So that like make makes it Dang. fucking New Englandy IPA. Makes it fucking New Englandy. <laughs> well, I so I, I was just hanging out with a few of my buddies in the in the park in the. Bob, this guy Bob Berger, he made a mead, Ooh. and then um, he brought out this other mead, but it's a blueberry mead. So talk about New England. He's been hanging out in the Cape Cod, up in Cape Cod during COVID. But nice. uh, yeah. well, what about a cranberry yeah. mead? Yeah, I guess that would be the the Cape Cod wicked. Yeah, but exactly. Blueberries. I mean, I would say there's more a lot, a ton of blueberries yeah. in New oh, England. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, Is my I just remember my yard in Franklin. I mean, they weren't. There were those tiny little wild blueberries, but we had blueberry bushes all over the freaking place. Yeah, frickin', frickin yeah. Place. The coast of Maine is covered with them. We used to like. Yeah, oh, right. I'd be sailing yeah. up in Maine, and then I had this girlfriend who like worked for a uh, marine research center, and it just like cruising in a zodiac. And you could just see blueberries totally covering islands, and you just Whoa. be like, "Oh man, oh, nice. grab some blueberries and just top up." When it was yeah. season. But were they the big ones, or they were the, those tiny little? I don't no, know. well, I mean, it would depend on the They're season. Good. Maybe you have to. Yeah, them. yeah. No, they were like totally. They were normal blueberries, unless like you accidentally pick. Sometimes they're like um, different pine trees or certain type of fir trees that have little berries on them, and if you accidentally get one of those in your like basket, oh man, yeah. it's like yeah. you're just like eating a pine. Well, I, I just remember the blueberries in our yard, and we never tried to cultivate these, and they were like more like a bush than a you know so. I, I was wondering, now that I think about it, like, oh, maybe if we had we fertilized them or thought about the sunlight, they would have gotten bigger. Or is there just like the, there's a wild blueberry that's different than those big. Yeah, I think part of it's like the season. And then also, um, yeah, I would imagine, I don't know. I, I bet it probably is just the type of blueberry. Yeah. Uh, so here's the question we ask all the artists is, what is the most amazing art experience you have have had as a spectator or as a participant? That's to Smitty, because we've all answered it. I'm sure we can. Yeah, so it. yeah, I was listening to that uh, podcast earlier, and then so I was like thinking about this, and like, God damn, that's a hard question to answer. And then uh, <laughs> this is like when you wish I had in line. <laughs> no, 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 but but no, you don't. <laughs> well, yeah, he would just take over the mic. This yeah. is like, it's like, oh, well, this wasn't an art experience, but like, uh, I had a couple of my closest buddies over to watch the the baits. I, I had a, pro, I have a projection screen TV uh, projection in my, so anyway, but yeah, the hot mic, you, know, you have to like <laughs> shut the mic off. But you know, edit this part out. Uh, hard question to answer, and like the the cocky one would be like Jesus Christ, like. I've lived my life as art. I mean, you guys were talking about that idea and like, I guess it's been a conscious decision to live my life as art, but like to, to say that's a conscious decision, I think is a cocky answer. Right? You know well, what do I mean? you, can, can you define like, what that yeah, means I'm to trying, live your yeah, life as art? Let me try to, I'm trying to get around to that idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
it's like it, like obviously people write autobiographies or long lists of things like that, but like, um, yeah, one just to decide to move to New York to go to art school, mm-hmm. and then like the shit. I and you you went to Pratt, right? Yeah, I went. Yeah, so I went to Pratt uh, from eighty four to eighty eight, and so to be in New York at that time. God, what an amazing! You know, right. You know, and so you, you only look at you only look back on things to realize where you were at the time. But like you know, so my local bar was like members of the Swans and Cop Shoot Cop and like God, all sorts of avant garde weirdness. Uh, so it, I used to go to these loft parties, you know, like uh, uh, G, uh, not Gigi Allen, but yep, you know, related to that kind of that whole scene and like early knitting factory. Uh, God, the music I've seen at the kitchen, seeing Sonic Youth along with Glenn Branca and like, you know, um, so that and then the from that to like bouncing around the country with the dead and living out in Colorado and like uh, the rainbow gathering scene and, uh, you know, and just, yeah, so life is just experiencing as much as you can. But at the time, we're, we're all young. So it was like, and I, I remember hitchhiking around the country a bunch, especially the West coast West and like getting rides and having, you know, older people say, Oh, well, good thing you're doing this now because you won't be able to do that later. And I was like, at the time I was like, fuck that. What are you guys you talking about? <laughs> yeah. This is how I live. And then, um, Oh yeah. So yeah, there we go. And then, so what are episodes, Carl, this artist life thing, you're, you're talking about Neil Cassidy and then, you know, having watched in the, you know, the dead thing. And like, that was my early, 20s like on the road and like that was you know i got a i fucking tracked down william s burroughs in in lawrence kansas and drank nice. in his living room i've got what yeah wait I, can I, we can we hold no, on wait, wait, no, just, you, just, wait, wait. let me yeah. stop no wait no i gotta keep going you know and, okay we'll come back to know, this I, i've been stoned with gregory corso and peter orlovsky like <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah. I've done some shit. You know, I've been around like Biggie Smalls is my neighbor when he was a seventh grade fat kid. You know, it's like he <laughs> gave me shit for being a hippie. You know, so here, here I am in my mid fifties, and like, you know, so life is art. I'm babbling here. Oh wait, but Neil Cassie. So that whole idea, of, like those guys, and the I, you know, yeah, you want to hold Neil Cassie up to a, a, a level, but at the time, you got to realize he was like. I don't know how old was he? He's young. Is he 20? I don't know how old he was when he died. But, uh, just, you know, it's like, I don't know. It's, I guess it's easier to be young and free and shit when you're young, you know, because you have no, you know, there's nothing holding you down. So to become old and keep doing that, I guess that's the, maybe that's the beauty of it. I don't know. I haven't yeah. got this one through, but yeah. Totally. You know, Neil, Neil looks brilliant because he died young. Like just like, like Kurt and like all, all the, all the great embrace. Cause they didn't have to live to be old fuckers and yeah. kids and pay the rent and worry about social security and whatnot. So, you know, and like, you know, Burroughs did, you know, and there's definitely a few who managed to get through it all. And, uh, God, I just lost my train, but life is art. Yeah. So, uh, and like, yeah, trees bust my balls about, uh, you know, I, I went to school to be a commercial artist. So the idea, I was, I, I didn't go to school for fire art. I went to school, actually I started school in architecture and then I was like, fuck it. I'm never going to build a building. So I moved over to commercial art. Right. But then all my friends were fine artists. So I was like, I was doing commercial art, but all my, my 
friends with all the freaks. And so I was like, well, I want to switch again. And my parents, who definitely covered a lot of my, my schooling, and my dad, he's like, he's like, no, you, you got you, you get switched once. You're here. And it was fucking awesome because I learned commercial art, but I also learned fine art. And so I rode that line. Like after I got out of school, like all my artist friends, you know, air quotes here, they're all working as, you know, wait, waiters or whatnot. And, you know, no, you know, whatever, do, you know, but not making art. And I was working in sign shops. I was working in, right. you know, fucking yeah. photos, photo stores. And, you know, I, I learned how to make money learning right. the production of art, you know, right. like, and then be able to. So, right, like, so yeah, right now, like this past year, like I go between, you know, making bank doing really boring us pharmaceutical marketing pieces to like do my own shit or working for some small bar doing a logo. I can, I can, right. I wouldn't yeah. say I have the power to like, know how to ride that line fully, but I have the ability to, to do that. I have the skill. Right. You're, you're living the freelancers lifestyle where it's like feast and famine kind of. Exactly. You know, um, but when you're in famine, you just focus on your own stuff. And well, that well, that's the joke, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, you'd like to think that, like you know, like, but the minute a gig, right. ends, you're like, yeah. where's the next? Where's gig? the next gig? And yeah. like, like, and a lot of times, you know, getting paid, right? And it hasn't happened in a while, but I, I worked a bunch over the summer, and it was uh, a thirty day net, and it took them six weeks to yeah. pay me. I'm like, Jesus, what? Yeah, like, hey, hello. Whereas I'm. Yeah, you know, but a lot of times it's on payroll, you know, so you pay the taxes, but you get paid right away. So, but that, so that idea, like, and it was a good reminder of how it's not easy to be independent, you know, because um, you yeah. know when you're going to get paid or if you get paid right. a lot of times. But I, I mean, I've, I've seen, I've been to your website and it seems like your, your time in the print shop and stuff like that has really influenced your personal work, right? Oh, yeah. No, I'm, um, oh, so if, if we want to get into talking about, my personal work, like, all right, so I'm just going to move forward. So, like, I uh, not move forward. I'm just going to take over a little bit. Yeah, sorry, do it. Sorry. <laughs> I haven't been interviewed in ever, ever in a long time. Um, but anyway, so all my work, my artwork, there's my, all right, so I get two sides of my brain. Andy, I don't, did you go to my subtexture site or did you go to my Chris Smith design? The su- subtexture site. All right, so then there's my, so that's my art brain. Okay. And then there's my design brain, which would be Chris Smith with one S design.com. Um, and that's like logos, uh, mm-hmm. branding, like corporate stuff. And then where subtexture would be all artworks. And then there's definitely stuff that would go in between. Cause like as, right. a, as a commercial artist, there's illustration work or the, you know, even within like a boring ass, uh, healthcare uh, brochure, it's always like, oh, come up with an icon. And, you know, you, you're an illustrator, you get this. Like, it's like everyone wants a freaking icon for everything. So you're just right. like, okay, you know, so a lot of times just definitely go to Getty, but then you're just like, oh, you got to tweak that icon to be something else. So, so that my illustration background definitely informs a lot of my, like, you know, my, my corporate stuff. So like the right. ability to be able to draw something you know this, this th- that there you go just the ability to draw like, you know, that's you've been drawing some pretty cool stuff uh, i've been checking out uh, online uh, some cool jazz band and rock band stuff that like a uh, free wheeling uh, stuff yeah. kind of go into that yeah. so a big part of my life 
well was <laughs> uh, was going out and seeing live music. And then, um, oh, I love this because this goes back to the artist's life thing. Oh, I love this. It's good. Right. So, um, and we never answered the question was my big, oh, so basically my life is art. So we're, let's move You forward. are answering it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But uh, so, oh, yeah, we're talking about gratitude. No, that was another conversation. Just- yeah. Anyway, so big part of my life is is being able to uh, see live music. Most of my friends are musicians, and then uh, I've never been a musician, but I'm always surrounded by musicians. So I've right. ended up gotten to do some great. Yeah. So I go out. I have these tiny sketchbooks that are like you know, what three by five. I started making my own, like stitching. Basically, take an eight and a half by eleven sheet of paper, folding in half. And so I fit my pocket, bring a pen, and there's a you know place right near me called truce and they uh live music seven nights a week usually free you just they pass a bucket and it's like small small place like mm-hmm. and like avant jazz i want to call it but there's like anything from space rock to like a you know a, a bluegrass trio to like uh you know four piece horns i don't know all sorts of shit hang out there with my little sketchbook and I draw the bands. It's like, and it's in the dark, it's all loose, bands moving around. And so I have all these really loose, small line drawings. Um, and some are good, some are bad. You know, it's not about, well, it's not about being good or bad. It's just about the idea of being present in the moment. Right. And, you know, and it's tough. Well, not tough, but sometimes I'm like, oh, I should actually listen to the band versus trying to draw the band. So there's that funny, like, oh, am I making art or are they doing the art and I'm paying attention. But, uh, yeah, so I've been taking those drawings and using a projector and projecting them into my sketchbook and adding color. And so, Carl, what you've been seeing is like a, those are the result of taking these black and white drawings and uh, doing something with them. That's cool. I love it. I love that. Yeah. So what I'm trying to do now is I guess you just to the last few days is go to bigger pieces so that's like a sketchbook so it's like nine by twelve um and what happens with the sketchbook I, I usually like when i'm painting something i just fill some of the pages up with the extra extra paint so it's just like you start out with just like a bunch of blue a bunch of red and we're just like I, I hate wasting paint so if there's paint left in the palette just you know, stir it around and then projecting it and then layering that so now i'm trying to go bigger so i wish you guys could see my wall but i, I got a few like i don't know 20 16 by 20 and it's weird. And here's the, the artistic struggle I'm going through right now is like the immediacy of these tiny drawings, which are so beautiful in one that they're small, they were not thought about, and they're just immediate. The lines are just so fluid. And, and so I'm not sure if it's a good thing I'm trying to make them bigger and recreate something in a bigger way or how and how much do I want to keep the original impulse or just use it as a starting point to do something else. I, I, I love that. I think point it, is it. I love that. I think you should use it as a starting point, you know, who cares? You have the original, you have the original, right. you just take so, a new, whole new piece out of it. Well, and that's, a, so the hard part is letting go of that what I see in the beauty of the original. And like, I could, I could easily just take, take these and, and professionally yeah. get them printed larger. And I can just, like, yeah. Like, yeah, there's that aspect. But you like, could scan them. Oh yeah, no, they're already scanned and large. But what I'm trying to do is like, I want to do something that's more immediate. 
and but use this as a inspiration. So that's that's just. I mean, you know, whether it's the artistic struggle. One, I haven't been doing much artwork, so it's it's a great to just have this problem, as it were. Like, oh, what am I doing with this shit? You know. That's that's <laughs> that just seems so familiar of a problem to me. Like, but then, no, but dude, you seem so loose. Like, you're at one point, you guys were talking about like how you got <laughs> like fifty paintings lying around. And, like, I've got so uptight that like, yeah. And, and you go through ebb and flows, but like, yeah, I need to get to a point where I'm loose enough to start shitting out just a bunch of stuff <laughs> without worrying about it. Versus like right now, I'm like, I'm looking at this one thing on the wall where I'm like straining. I'm like, come on, dude, just shit it out. Come on, just do it. Wait. It's hard, man. And, that, and, I think, wanna... and I think the old drawings are holding me back. It's like, there's, they were great, but I'm, I'm trying to trace them over. I'm like, no, no, that's not the idea. I need to get the, back to the immediacy of when I made those. That looseness of this being, yeah, yeah, yeah. Throw the but you're thinking yeah. about it. That's the whole point. You're thinking about it, and 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 you're you're making something from something else. You're you're kind of like, you uh, you, you know. I think more thought out of a piece is better, but also being loose. It's like a, the the struggle that you're describing is to be loose and in the moment, and to be have something thought out. And I think like. Both things are very valuable. Right. You can't just just crap all over a freaking canvas. Oh, no, no, you got yeah, no, you got you got to go back the, that ebb and flow of like and and so maybe like what we just we just said is like I already did the drawing, yeah. so print it out large and then you're done. Like, why am I trying to recreate that particular drawing on the wall? Whereas it's already that that's already done and like. So, I like that though. I mean, and, one, and one thing I've done with my printer, I got this great like it's a large format ink, not large, like thirteen by nineteen. But I've done a lot of like, oh my god, I did this whole series. I, I took photos of abandoned storefronts. This is two years ago when my friend's bar got closed down. And it's funny because it's pretty prescient now. But like, so I took all these photos of abandoned storefronts, or not abandoned, but like shut down places. And then I had this dark paper. But I did a big house, like house paint brush of white paint on the dark paper. Mm-hmm. Let that dry, and then I put that through the uh, the inkjet printer, so it was a black and white photo printed over that. So it's like you have this like nice, like abstract paint smear, but then there's an image on top of it. Yeah, the, I, I was looking at those, and they, oh, they look that. really awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, so Andy, back to your point of. My print shop experience, yes, I uh, I would describe myself as very process oriented. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not sure. Do you want to describe what that means to, to our listeners? Because you know, not everyone is familiar with yeah. with well, these techniques. I, well, I guess I was I was going to compare process against con- concepts, but uh, yeah, there's always going to be some sort of concept. But I, I'm not. A, I wouldn't say I'm a conceptual artist. So I, I, uh, but uh, um, I, but to process uh, it's funny nowadays everything seems digital but there was a time when things were done with mechanical methods so, you know like uh, offset printing etching lithograph silk screen stencil so yeah I, I've, I've, I've learned many different processes uh, photography photo- I got a uh, uh, non-silver photography there's a ton of ways to put images down on surfaces mm-hmm. and like uh, i've done a lot of a lot of those over the years and um oh yeah so uh so my art side i call myself subtexture 
and the uh, God, <laughs> I, I drink some of this Smash Street. Hold on one Take second. Take a drink. Ah, refreshing. Well, what uh, can I ask you a thing about? Like, what is it about process that you find attractive? You know, that you're drawn to. Well, all right, so well, part of I guess it. Uh, yeah, it's funny. I, I did a PR person pull it all together, but the reason I go by subtexture, um, and this I think this gets because like subtexture is subtext and texture is a word together. Uh, when I lived out in Colorado, we I met some friends and we had a, a art art newspaper we we did called Texture. And when I left Colorado to move back east, I was like, oh, I'll be a subset, I'll be subtexture. Like, Holy shit! And the, the so think of the word subtexture and those two words like smashed together. I don't know if there's a word for that kind of word, but um, um <laughs> subtext. Well, no, subtexture because like so like yeah, think about my sign pieces like you know so I'm I'm taking things with words and adding texture to them and like maybe different. You know, see, I don't get super conceptual. Like some artists might take that too. Like, what is the message that is coming through? Me, I just I love layering and I love obscurity and I yeah, I just definitely love texture and and and, and especially with like different printing techniques. You, it's it's great. You can create an addition of things where they're similar yet different, right? Um, and that kind of like fucking around yeah. with things and and imperfectness, I guess. Uh, so you enjoy kind of like that the exploration and play, kind of of like yeah. And I, you know, I, I maybe I mean, maybe it's it's funny because like the other side would be like oh it's a great way to hide behind the fact that I'm not a perfect craftsman but yeah, like yeah so but uh, yeah to, to like yeah, I mean it's also boring as fuck to like recreate the same shit over and over. I mean that's my professional life and like you know I, you know when I was doing letterpress printing I tried to do some additions I did some like invitations and and like. And I was like, God damn, this is hard, <laughs> which I, and I told, so I totally respect the craftsman, but like, I was, I want, why, why does everyone have to be, be the same? Like, um, I like the idea of everything being a little fucked up and a little, you know, a little different, like, you know, definitely a fan of Warhol and Rauschenberg <laughs> and that kind of thing, you know, like, and using imagery along with texture. Yeah. <laughs> did, did I answer the question? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, do you? So like, I know a lot of your images you're using like dot patterns and stuff like that. Is that all like printed out? Like, like how are you oh, oh, achieving well, those effects and stuff? Oh well. So yeah, if you look, um, I do a lot of image transfer, right. which is a, a, a basically Xerox or Xerox transfer. And so what I do, yeah, one I definitely affect the image where I, I blow up the dot pattern, but but that comes from years ago, like my pre-digital work, I was doing a lot of stuff with Xerox machines. And, um, right. oh my God. So it was great. There was like, first out in, in, in Boulder, there was a, a print shop, which had all these self-service machines. And, um, God, that was that summer. So like I graduated from college, 88. Uh, I moved out to, uh, to Boulder with my, uh, oh, my yeah, best I friend Tom yeah, had moved definitely. up with Burns. Chris, you remember those guys, right? Yeah, and so Vicky and I moved out there because we we'd been to Boulder on the Dead Tour, I guess summer '87, I guess. And it was like, so Tom moved out there with Burns. Vicky and I moved out there because like we didn't know what to do with ourselves because we just I just graduated from college and you know we're just rootless. So we move out there. Um, God, within like two months, both couples had broken up. Like I think Vicky had had gone off to Seattle and yeah, you know. but uh, 
the next the next summer was the it was awesome after like god the bleakest winter of my life like we had uh me and some friends we <laughs> oh my god this is a great story so yeah we're driving out to see the dead at new year's show so that would have been the winter of maybe that's winter of 88 into 89 oh, yeah. <laughs> i had that brown volvo uh we're outside outside grand junction i don't know two three in the morning fucking uh run into an elk smashed this car smashed the volvo into an elk and then uh Jeez. we we lived uh and then we flagged down this car and it was it was like so at that point the highway was separated so like it was like i don't know like i want to say two blocks away so whatever that is like a hundred it was it was it was way over there i'm pointing out and so we saw this car coming and we we charged the snow flagged this guy down we get back to Grand Am. So after that summer, well, that bleak winter, like I got some uh, insurance. Well, I'm babbling now. Hey, made the best. Oh, like, can we uh, smoke some weed and bring this one back? Smitty, Smitty. So we're gonna end. So we have. We usually do two shows. We try to keep a show to like about an hour. I think this show I could piece it together into an hour, like like out of fifty different freaking fragments that we have. I want to bring it back to that Xerox shop story. I can do that though. Do you want to? I have it in me. Yeah, let's put that in this episode. Okay, do the Xerox shop. That was the question. So we can edit out those last five minutes of me meandering. Yeah. Uh, So Andy, like yeah, process Xerox. Uh, One summer, I I was I got all this old letter set type. Nice. Yeah, I I know letter set. A bunch of old National Geographic magazines, Mm -hmm. and. The Xerox shop had – all right, so think about a, a black and white Xerox, but the toner isn't black. It's blue or green. It, yeah. So you could use, So I would take the same piece of paper and put it through three different machines and create these posters that were blue – is green. that so? Are you using like a risograph machine? No, I've never used used a risograph. Oh, they're funny. they're amazing. Oh yeah, my God. No, no, a lot of my friends have, and it, it's oddly that's the one I haven't used. Like that, I, that's got to be on my bucket list. I need to do some risographs because yeah. no, one of my good friends, uh, Caroline, she does some awesome risograph shit. Yeah, um, what's a risograph? It's basically a photocopying machine that uses like soy-based inks, but they're all different colors. So I didn't know you, they were soy-based. Huh? Yeah, it's so. Well, I don't know if it's all soy, but I, the ones I know of, it's soy-based inks. And uh, oh wait, maybe it's not soy-based inks. I oh. might be confusing things, but I think it, 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 it you can use soy-based well, inks. I think it's like a ribbon of color, so you would switch out the color. Yeah, and yeah. You- so you can use it as like a to silk screen, basically, yeah. with right. a Xerox machine. Like ah. you just change. Like you create your, yeah, you can change the ribbons out and then you can also change your images out, you know, and just use it in a process sort of way. Remember the the old, uh, those old, the mimeograph uh, prints? I mean, Andy, you might be too young. No, I remember mimeographs. (laughs) You'd get high off of those. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Back to process. I've always been into process. Like, I mean, even from growing up, like I would go to the dump and bring back bikes and we would just like, build BMX bikes out of garbage and like so like ever you know ever since I've been a kid I've been into like taking shit apart and like figuring it out um how I never got into music as much as I did visual right. art I don't know because uh, you know we you know I always make did like we used to like in art school 
like bang on shit, I would just call it. And then we tape it, add some effects and like definitely mixed around tape loops and whatnot. But I, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, Visual you got to concentrate, Chris. You got to concentrate on one thing or another. You concentrate you know, on well, I, you know, I have friends who do both, but um, oh, from from the get go, like you know, I was I was copying comic strips as long as I can remember, right? And uh, I get oh, I have a good story about how I gave up <laughs> hockey for art. I hear that. All right, we'll let's we'll talk about that on the next one. We're gonna have a whole series. We're gonna have like ten hours of this, right? We're gonna like yeah, 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 right. I, I have I have no idea how long people listen to our episodes, so we try to keep them to an hour. Yeah. Um, no, no, it's good. No, I was you know, sorry. I was looking at stuff to watch on Criterion today, and it was like, what's my like? What's my limit? Like, and I was looking at some art movies are two hours. I'm like, yeah, fuck that, but <laughs> hour and a half hour. Yeah, yeah. I do that. Yeah. I try to keep it fifty five <laughs> minutes to an hour. You know, you know, like if people see it's under an hour, they might listen to the whole thing. I have no fucking idea if, if like how get long is this. Mark Maron? Yeah. I used to listen to that a lot. Oh, that goes really long, right? Yeah. I listen to, but for me, I personally listen to two or three hour podcasts while I'm yeah. doing something else. Well, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, if I'm hanging out in the studio, it's great to have some fucking noise in the background. That's yeah. yeah. The whole concept of the art shed is is to UB do like the the. The, the first concept I had was for somebody to be painting their own painting or doing their own uh, art yeah, and listening yeah. to us listening ramble to on about don't, art. Don't, don't lose that concept. I like that idea. So uh, so why don't you plug uh, your – we're going to do another episode like right after this. So, but, so why don't you plug your your, your uh, whatever you want to plug and we'll, we're up, so at the end we, we, we plug our stuff. So what do you want to plug, Smitty? What do I want to plug? Like subtext here. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, anything but that. Yeah. All right. So I got a couple of Instagrams, but uh, basically, if you Google subtexture, S U B T E X T U R E dot com, uh, hashtag that. Uh, on Instagram, it's un- I have two. My photo one is straight up subtexture. My art one is uh, subtexture underscore works. But, uh, Besides me and some weird techno artists, uh, pretty much if you Google sub- subtexture, you'll get me. There's some th- weird 3D <laughs> mapping things, but uh, <laughs> I pretty much don't. Yeah. It, yeah. And uh, Chris Peters, uh, I mean, people should yes, know by now that you're, you're like a live fire cook. That's like it, live fire cook on Instagram, live fire cook. So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. You always say yeah after. Andy? <laughs> Andy, I'm at uh, andyrestino.com. Uh, you can find links to my Instagram, my Twitter, my YouTube channel where I make, uh, I do drawings. Some of the some of the title card drawings I do for the show will eventually appear on my YouTube channel. Uh, but yeah. I'm madcarl.com and Carl Restino on Instagram and Carl Restino on Facebook. And you don't have to fucking, uh, you don't have to leave, but you can't stay in the arch yet. So get the fuck out of the arch yet, everybody. Uh, we somehow made it. In. We somehow made it. Yeah. Wicked fucking pizza episode. This is going to take the most editing ever. We ruined it. There, there was the previous call too. Remember? Yeah. No, no. no. Send this one to Mark. Oh.
The previous Friday, yeah, yeah. Right, and then then there's the Dave Tree part. Do I put that at the <laughs> end? I think I put the Dave Tree part at the end. Cause we yeah, can't... That, that'll like like set up the whole like Dave yes. Tree uh, Smitty universe colliding. I'd have, to li- I'd have to listen to how it started with like Dave Tree and me putting the phone up to the mic. I don't, I don't know how that sounded at all. Smitty, it was complete fucking chaos. <laughs> Can't wait to hear it, man. It was complete chaos. Please, please add, add a delay and distortion as we <laughs> yeah. do. I don't think I have well, It's to. tough because Dave couldn't hear us, so it was kind of like... I didn't say anything because I was kind of like, you know, when I started to, Dave couldn't respond or do anything, so... Look, <laughs> even if you were speaking, Dave would have just talked to him. Yes. We were there. It was. We had I, I was trying to talk and I just wanted to put the phone away, but you know. <laughs> That's why I love the guy. Yeah, no. He's interesting. We could just have him talk. So, how long did the it's credits roll? This is like the episode right it's now. It's almost done. done. It's almost done. This is all going. I'm, I'm trying to picture this on like uh, TV with the credits rolling. <laughs> 